Hello, everybody. I'm Billy Derrick alongside Joey Dwyer, reporting live from VandySports.com. And we are at First Bank Stadium. Georgia beat Vanderbilt 37-20. to Joey, initial thoughts. We, we've heard Clark Lee's comments. We've heard comments from Jalen Mahoney um, as well as who else? Uh, Jane McGowan as well. So, obviously, Vanderbilt came to play today. Joey, they, they fought, uh, I, I think, throughout the game. Uh, there was a costly interception uh, from, from Ken Seals. And, uh, you know, Georgia's talent just kind of swallowed Vanderbilt. You know, they, they, had, they gashed Vanderbilt for a few runs late, especially in that fourth quarter. Um, you know, and Clark after the game said, we're not, we're not treating this like a moral victory. Like, we're not taking anything positive away from this. You know, I mean, obviously there are flashes and positives to take away. Um, but this program is not a moral victory type program. Uh, so, you know, even though some fans and even us might be talking positively about this. And, and I mean, we're not calling it a moral victory, but, you know, th this is a game that Vanderbilt fought in. And a lot of people coming into this game, even us, were making jokes, you know, you know, backhanded, backhanded jokes that, you know, I mean, let's face it, it, Georgia had dominated Vanderbilt the last couple of years, you know, 117 to zero the last two years, you know, and Vanderbilt hadn't scored a touchdown over Georgia since 2019. And they finally did today on the first offensive possession of the game, courtesy of London Humphrey. So there were flashes, but really it's the same story. But I mean, the same story against this type of an opponent, you know, I think there's some positives to draw uh, by not getting blown out 63 to nothing or 52 to nothing. Yeah, I liked a lot of what I saw today, Billy, especially early on. I think Vanderbilt for a lot of this season has come out and kind of got pushed around, got punched in the face and hasn't responded. Vanderbilt was the one who pushed Georgia around early and kind of punched Georgia in the face, obviously. Had the long drive, London Humphreys ran up the seam on that really nicely drawn up yeah. play by Joey Lynch. Vanderbilt's passing it was really efficient throughout that drive, 76 yards on four attempts for Ken Seals, 100% efficiency there. Obviously, like to see that, and then they force a fumble on Carson Beck. Haven't forced a whole lot of turnovers, at least through its pass rush on the year. Did that on the first drive today. So Vanderbilt did some good things, but when you're looking at moral victories like that, it means you inherently lost. And I think that's kind of what I have to take away from today. There's a lot of moral victories, though, if you want to go that route. Vanderbilt's secondary play, not all that bad considering its personnel, although it did give up what, 261 through the air? Its run defense was abysmal, though, and I think that's kind of been a theme throughout the year. Vanderbilt got outgained 542 to, what, 219, something along those lines. Not ideal for Vanderbilt, but the way it fought and the way it stayed in this game and kind of made big plays when it needed to make big plays to keep its head above water. I think there's some good things. C.J. Taylor was unbelievable today. He was all over the field, looked every bit of an NFL player. No update on him from Clark Lee, but if they lose him, I don't know what's going to happen there. I think C.J. Taylor masks a lot of what's wrong with this Vanderbilt defense, as does Dericky Wright, and if Vanderbilt hasn't either of them after the bye, you're in rough shape. But C.J. Taylor was fantastic today, and maybe that's my biggest positive also. I think the energy that they came out with early and the way they really took control of this game early tells you a lot about the belief in this team and what Clark Lee has kind of the chokehold he has over this team and the way he can kind of motivate them because I think if he couldn't, it would be a much different story early. Yeah, the, the fast start was encouraging, and that was my first takeaway from this game. You know, um, But secondly, you start to look at a lot of the negatives, and third down was, was bad again. right? It wasn't as bad as Florida. I think, what was Florida, one for ten? Uh, yeah, so two, two for nine today, um, and, and that's not going to cut it. Clark said that. It, it's just it's not good enough. Um, 
and we asked him, I think Chris asked him, you know, what do you think you can attribute these these issues to, right? Because you struggled again. And obviously it's Georgia, so I think you can attribute it to Georgia. Um, but Clark said he'll go back and watch the film. He didn't really give a direct answer on, on why they have struggled so much on third downs. Um, but I look at that as a huge part of this season. They just have not been able to get off the field. I mean, in, in or I say off the field, not field. be able to stay on the field. Defensively, we've we've seen that defensively, but offensively, Joey, they have not been able to stay on the field. Sorry, I really butchered that. But staying on the field and keeping the defense on the bench and resting, I mean, the snap count differential was crazy. Vanderbilt only had 44 snaps snaps on offense. Georgia had 76. You know, and Vanderbilt lost by what 17. So. I think if you if if offensively if Vanderbilt is able to convert two or three or more of those third downs, maybe the score isn't much different. But I just think the feel of it and 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 there's even more momentum heading into the bye because I think there is some momentum heading into the bye week, right? You gotta relax, get some guys healthy, and 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 stay you know stay on track, right? Because I I think right now you're looking at a potentially strong finish to the season, but. You got it. Third down mark has to change. I mean, I mean, there's there's no other way around it. Yeah, a lot of things have to change, Billy. And I think we've been pretty frank about that. Hopefully, people don't think we're haters or too negative or whatever. But I mean, objectivity comes at a price sometimes. I think there's a lot of things wrong with this Vanderbilt team. Something that I like today, the pass rush. Something that I didn't like, they could not stop the run a lick today. But coming out of this game, I think if you told me that. I was a Vanderbilt fan, and most of the Georgia fans here today would leave a little concerned about what they had. I think you'd be pretty happy with that, yeah, and uh, me, I think the Vanderbilt fans are happy with that. Well, I'll, I'll let you finish, but let me add on to that. As we're walking down, you know, we have to walk down to the stands, oh. and it's getting really windy here <laughs> in Nashville. But, Joey, walking out of the press box down to the field level and to get out to the McGugan Center, I heard distinctly three Georgia fans kind of upset about their showing, and, and they gave credit to Vanderbilt. They said, you know, I know these are fans talking after the game, but I think there's some truth to that. I mean, I heard a few Georgia fans walking out of the stadium saying, there's a lot of upside to that Vanderbilt team. They got some receivers. You know, this is fan small talk, but it's things that we know about this program, right? And it sounds like other SEC fans are slowly starting to realize what Vanderbilt has offensively. And upside. I heard it from a fan after the game today, but I love that word about this team. We haven't used it. I mean, we've obviously used it, but I don't think we've used it enough, right? The, the, the ceiling, I don't know that we know what the ceiling is of this team yet, right? I mean, right now, two, two and six, it doesn't seem too high. But, Joey, I, I, I think this team down the stretch here, you got teams like Auburn and South Carolina. they got to go to Oxford, of course, here in a couple of weeks, and then they got to go to Knoxville. If they could get two of those four, all of a sudden you start to feel a little bit better about the end of the season. But upside, I mean, it came from a Georgia fan's mouth. But I, I think there's some truth to that. Billy, you could be a used car salesman. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the fact that we're even mentioning this as a remote possibility is a good thing because that tells you Vanderbilt showed enough to where you think, hey, maybe there's something in here. But also, we're in, what, week eight? And if they lose one more game, they're not bowl eligible. So I think we're essentially to the point of, do or, think, die. do or die and one of those games if they win I would consider an outlier rather than the standard but the fact that that outlier is possible at this point in the season after all this team has went through tells you a little bit about what Clark Lee has instilled in this program and about 
the talent they have. I think you notice the talent today, specifically a wide receiver. Jade McGowan had five receptions for 58 yards. Clark Lee said, hey, I want to get him more involved in the downfield passing game. Did. Look exactly what happened. Yeah. London Humphreys is nowhere near 100% from the looks of it. No. Had that 49-yard touchdown reception early. Quincy, Quincy Skinner even made a few plays early. Will Shepard, I think they have to get involved more. He got his cut, snaps cut a little bit today for Richie Hoskins. I think that's probably a blocking thing. But he made a really nice play near yeah. the end zone that saved a drive for Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt might only have 7 or 14 points without Will Shepard today. So, obviously, you like what you see. There's still so little margin for error, but yep. there's talent here. And I think where you see the talent discrepancy from the Derek Mason era to now, it kind of comes in the secondary for me because you look at Gumbo Gaskins. That's a guy who maybe would have seen the field earlier in Derek Mason's tenure than he has in Clark Lee's tenure. Savion Riley, I think, could start in a lot of past Vanderbilt teams, but Derricky Wright is a really solid player as well. Jalen Mahoney's done some good things. They have so much depth there. Bryce Cowan didn't see the field today. That's a long athletic guy who can make plays in space and who can kind of run sideline to sideline. So Vanderbilt has a lot of talent here and a lot of depth. It's whether they can channel that. We talked about that all year. The fact that we're talking about that and not they are so bad, they're so terrible, that's a good thing, Billy. And Joey, we're not going to just beat our head into the wall and, and talk like that. I mean, no, nobody wants to hear that. You know, we put things like this out for, for fans to learn about this team and, and figure out what we have, have figured out and learned about this team so we can pass it along, um, right? And so I agree with you about the Gumbo Gaskins thing. And Jalen Mahoney, he was asked by Robbie Weinstein about it today, and Jalen was really proud of Gumbo. Uh, you know, Gumbo didn't play at all last year. This is his first collegiate action at home against the number one team of the country and I'll admit I told Chris in the booth at one point today he's played pretty well today right I mean you know there's only so much you can do as a redshirt freshman corner out on the edge guarding you know Lad McConkey and and you know love it who had a good day today for Georgia and those receivers um, but Joey I, I think they did what they could with their defense today I mean they lost they had no Kane Patterson no Dericky Wright no Martell Height no BJ Anderson I mean, who else? Like, there's there's other guys that are not out there. And so I think on a depleted defense in terms of talent, they did what they could today. Now, obviously, there's improvements that have to be made in the run game and through the air. We know how this team has struggled. But, Joey, I know Brock Bowers got hurt. Was it second quarter? Something like that. Okay, so obviously Bowers got hurt. But even when he was in there, I didn't think he just carved up Vanderbilt. I mean, I mean, he, and he's done that before against – every other opponent Georgia's played. So I thought I thought they had a really good plan for Brock Bowers. Uh, and then Jalen Mahoney was also asked about after Bowers went out, did the plan change? And he said obviously in certain packages it did. Um, but the identity of this team is defense. I, I, I still think it is. right Now offensively, we know what they can do. But the defense created momentum today. That, that defense had an interception from C.J. Taylor that led to a touchdown. That defense forced the fumble that should have led to a field goal make I know it's 47 yards in, into the wind but this defense through the first three years of Clark Lee has created the momentum for this team right and, and so I, I still think and you could argue offense right I mean this team is, a, is, an, is an explosive offense when they want to be um, but I still think like you could have explosive offensive plays but without the defensive plays today that were made I, I mean this you know it could have been another 50 point blowout I, I, I really do think so I don't know. I just think defense creates momentum for this team. It does for every team. But I think even more so because of the margin for error and, and how small it is, you have to have takeaways. And you have to have points off those takeaways. Without them, you're not going to compete in the SEC. So I think for Vanderbilt, 
you have to create takeaways. That's what they did late in the season last year against Florida and Missouri. And today, who would have thought they would have created two takeaways against Georgia? And one of them, you know, you, you got a touchdown off of. But And I asked Clark about this, Joe. I know I'm rambling, but that's what postgame reports are for. Um, I asked Clark about this. What, what went into the decision to kick that field goal, to try to go up 10-0? Uh, because it was windy. I mean, you know, me and Chris looked over at the uh, the flags up on the field goal, and they were coming directly in. So Clark's he he mentioned that he said the wind was a factor, uh, but he he wanted the points. Right, they they were going for points there. I think it was fourth and six, um, but you know that's just where they were. You could argue, you know, the better call was was trying to trying to go for it there, um, but I don't know. It's what it could have should have. And Clark said that same thing. Right, so. Uh, obviously, there's a lot to talk about, and I was looking forward to getting on here and talking about a lot. Um, but I, I'll go back to defense, right? If this defense isn't creating takeaways, I just don't think there's really much of anything, at least for for where this team is at right now and with Seals out there. Yeah, I think that was huge today. The two turnovers with C.J. Taylor obviously making the play and then them getting a strip sack. Was it Aeneas DeCosmo who made it? Marlon yep. Sewell picked it up. Vanderbilt has capability to make turnovers, and I think when it's aggressive like it was early today, it could totally do that on a more consistent basis. I think maybe the biggest thing, I didn't mention this already, but the biggest thing I'm, I guess, encouraged by today is the pass rush. Miles Capers looks so much better today better, than yeah. he has. Darren Agu got in there a little bit. Even guys, when they sent three or four, were able to kind of make an impact, and we hadn't seen that in the past. Georgia obviously had some linemen out. I think Georgia had three linemen out by the end of the game. Those are still four or five-star guys, though, and Vanderbilt still made plays on those guys. There's a lot of physical capability in terms of that defensive line. I think we're starting to kind of see it amount. Maybe towards the end of the year, that's an area where Vanderbilt could get better in terms of pressuring. Miles Capers, even on special teams, I saw. Yeah. They kind of doubled him up, bodied him up on a punt or a kick. Miles Capers just ran through the two guys. Langston Patterson lit up a guy on special teams. Yeah. So there's capability here, and I think especially – on the front seven is a place where you could see that maybe grow. And these guys are young, Billy. Darren yeah. Agu, Issa yeah. Wataha, probably their two best pass rushers, both really young. So maybe that's an area where they could grow heading into next season as well. I think Vanderbilt's pass rush is something that maybe could improve. And also at secondary has played really well. Jeez, it's so windy. <laughs> uh, Savion Riley has come in and done some really good things for him. Um, in the absence of Dericky Wright, Vanderbilt's done some good things. And he's also a guy who makes such a difference for this defense. Same with Jalen Mahoney. It is so windy, Billy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, Jalen Mahoney had 16 tackles today, 10 solos. And I think that's somewhat of a problem because you don't want to get into the second level. Vanderbilt sold out a lot of the times and then had nothing on the back end besides either Savion Riley or Jalen Mahoney. But their safeties did some good things. And uh, I think I leave this game somewhat optimistic about their defensive play, especially without Martel Height and Trudeau Berry playing most of the game because those are guys who – are going to do some good things for moving forward. Billy, I think this is a testament to our chemistry. We're getting better. Just keep talking, uh, Billy. I'll keep talking. Uh, 201 receiving yards, pretty solid for Vanderbilt today. Um, they spread the ball around well. And, uh, Billy, I'm really good at BSing. Uh, but, yeah, oh, I think there's a lot of good to take away from today. Ken Seals manages this game well. I don't know that Ken Seals is going to win you a game like this against a defense like that and the front like that. But I thought he stayed composed at times and did some good things. I think he found out today, even though Ken Seals played pretty well and Clarkley was proud of him, I think he found out that A.J. Swan's probably your answer long term rather than Ken Seals. And we know that because Ken Seals is old, but A.J. Swan is a guy who 
I guess, has more potential to take over a game like that and make the throws and the big moments to beat a team like that. We haven't seen that a whole lot yet. We saw it at NIU, I guess, last year. But I think A.J. Swan's your guy moving forward. Uh, and if he's not, you're in trouble. But you need more than the game manager against a team like Georgia with what Vanderbilt has on the offensive line and even what it has on the perimeter to an extent. Yeah, I, and I want to go there with, with Ken. And the interception was, was brutal, obviously. I mean, um, it's just not a good decision, not a good throw at all, and, and Georgia ended up scoring on it. Uh, now, if you would have punted Georgia very well, could have easily driven down the field anyway and, and done, gone down and scored, but you made it a lot easier. Um, you gave them a short field. I think they had it after that at like the, the 45. Um, and the middle eight, the, the middle of the game, Vanderbilt struggles again. Uh, I, and I pointed out in my takeaways, this has been an issue sort of sparingly throughout the Clark Lee tenure. Um, you know, you saw a Stanford game in, in year one where they lost the middle eight. Uh, Wake Forest earlier this season, you know, <laughs> tragic middle eight. Um, it, it, most of the games this year, right? Uh, I think they they won the middle eight, ironically, against Kentucky, but it didn't really end up mattering. Um, Missouri, I, I mean, again, I, I just think that has happened way too often late in the first half. I don't know what it is. Um, Vanderbilt just sort of falls apart, like, as a, as a team. Um, and it's not every game, of course. Like, the Kentucky game, was, was that was an example of how, how good they can be in the middle eight. And then out of the second half, Georgia gets the ball back, to, and I think they scored. Uh, or no, they did not. They ran the whole third quarter down. They, <laughs> so, yeah, they, they basically dominated possession. Um, but, hence the 76 snaps, 44 for Vanderbilt. So, again, there's so many issues. But it, that interception from Ken Seals, I thought, really – flipped a little bit because it was 17-7 Georgia made it 24 um 24-7 before the half and he just felt like you know the air was out but credit to Vanderbilt they fought right they, they fought they scored a couple of touchdowns in the second half um but but for Ken Joey obviously there, there's so much talk about the quarterback position it's the most important position on the field uh you know every mistake is is can be explained as a costly mistake, but every good throw can be described as the the, the play of the game, right? I mean, it, you know. So I thought Clark hit, hinted at something today when he said he controlled the game at times, right? I mean, the, it, it was one interception. There weren't three interceptions, right? So that was the issue, right, to start to clean it up. And so far, Seals has had two costly interceptions through, what, three, three games that he started? So, I mean, I, I don't know that you can really ask for much more of that, I mean, you had nine interceptions through a span of three games early in the season from A.J. Swan, so it's obviously better. I thought the procedural penalties, you know, uh, you had a few false starts that I thought were killers, but you're going to have them. You're playing in front of a crowd that was mostly Georgia fans, which another deep-rooted issue, right? Um, I, think I think Ken Seals has done enough where he has needed to do enough for this team. He did what this team needed, um, and I'm sure – he allowed AJ Swan to rest up, relax a little bit, you know, regain his his mental and and regain some health and regain everything. You know, I mean, just kind of get back to his normal self. And Clark Lee has said that. I think you're going to see AJ Swan the rest of the season. Hot, hot take, hot take. Now Ken might also play, but I think I would expect in Oxford to see AJ Swan trot out there and start, um, just because I think we we said do or die. Back in the, uh, I think it was in the 80s, Joey, Vanderbilt went on a stretch under Watson Brown. They won four of their, out of their last five games. Um, now, I don't think they ended up making a bowl game 
Um, I could be wrong there, but I, I've heard I heard about that. Watson Brown, an alum, similar situation. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I think Clark Lee knows what this team is capable of, and I think he knows that AJ Swan is the the key to this car, right? I mean, he had like he has to be the guy, you know. And, and I think everybody knows that. So I'm going to come out of here and say I think Swan will play against Ole Miss and start against Ole Miss. Now, of course, if he gets hurt, Ken Seals right there, right? But Swan is the guy that's going to get this team to a bowl game if they have a, even an, even any shot of getting to one. But if they want to win, even if they want to win two more games down the stretch, Swan is that guy to do it. I think. And but it's nothing against Ken Seals, right? I don't want to. Ken has done his job. I mean, you know, tough circumstances. The guy hasn't played football in what two years, so I think he's done his job. But I, I just I think AJ is probably the guy that you'll have to need down the stretch here to get you those wins. Yeah, here's what I want to avoid if I'm Clarkley. I want to avoid kind of what you had a little bit last year where you go from Seals and you go back to back yeah. to Swan and then Swan makes a few mistakes. You go back to Seals. Seals is kind of the game manager. You want to go big, give it back to Swan. You don't want it to be a revolving door quarterback. You want continuity there. And I think that was a little bit of an issue early with A.J. Swan is maybe they didn't have the continuity or the on-field chemistry. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying A.J. Swan and them didn't have a connection, but I think there was some times where there were some miscommunications. You want your quarterback to be able to kind of steady the offense and be a steadying presence, and I don't know that that's really possible with two guys kind of rotating in and out of quarterback. So if they're going to go with A.J. Swan, you got to have conviction that it's A.J. Swan and A.J. Swan's the guy. If you're going to go with Ken Seals, you have to have conviction that Ken Seals is the guy moving forward. And I think it's a really difficult decision here because Clarkley knows the safe option is Ken Seals, and Ken Seals is going to manage the game while he's going to distribute it to your playmakers in space, and he's going to let them make plays. But if you're going to beat a team like Ole Miss, I think you might have to start A.J. Swan. And also looking ahead to next year, I guess it's a little early for that. I don't know who else your starter would be other than A.J. Swan. They've had such a hard time with the portal. Walter Taylor's probably not quite ready at this time next year. Drew Dickey I don't think will be either, although Chris Lee really likes him. Uh, Jeremy St. Hilaire and Whit Muschamp are really talented, maybe almost as talented as Swan is, or at least as he was yeah. at that stage. But those guys probably aren't ready as freshmen, you would think. Maybe St. Hilaire is. But I don't know, Billy. I think if you're looking for your long-term answer at quarterback and you want to find out if it's A.J. Swan or not, give him the next four games and let him figure it out. I don't know what you have to lose, really, if you're Clark Lee. I mean, I guess Clark Lee has some things to lose, but Vanderbilt doesn't really. I mean, they're not probably not going to make a bowl game with Swan or with Seals at this point. I think some of those teams on the schedule are going to be really difficult for them to beat, although I think it lets up a little bit here as opposed yep. to Kentucky, Mizzou, going to the Swamp and then playing Georgia. These are a little bit easier games. Not easy, but more winnable, you would think, at least Auburn and South Carolina. Yeah. Uh, maybe not Ole Miss and Tennessee, but A.J. Swan, if he's going to be your answer, you might find out in the next four games, and I don't think that would be an awful strategy to throw him out there and kind of let it ride. Yeah, let it ride. I mean, that's what we said today, Joey. You know, buckle up, you know, buckle your chin straps, put that jersey on tight, and, and go play football, right? It, this is still football on, on a grat, well, turf, turf surface that was actually kind of slick again today. Um, but just go play. And I thought they did that today. I thought they showed fight. I thought they were well prepared. Um, George, I thought, was caught sleeping a little bit early in that game. And Vanderbilt was able to capitalize on some of that early on. Now, Georgia woke up fairly quickly. I mean, they tied the game right back at 7. They went up 14-7, kicked a field goal to go up 17-7, and then went up 24-7. But the final score, Joey, 37-20. to I think that's an improvement. I mean, it obviously is. That's not even an objective statement. That's, you know, that's literally the truth. Like, Vanderbilt has lost the last two games 
by a combined score of 117 to zero against Georgia. And if you can't look at this game and and think positively, now there's obviously negatives, but if you can't look at the positives and look at move toward the future with a positive outlook on this team after this game, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I, I really don't. Like, they're, they're, it's hard to be disappointed in today's effort. You know, you look at the upside. You look at the bright future of this program. You saw it on the field today if you were here. Again, I don't know that there were very, very many Vandy fans here. There are a lot of Georgia fans here. But I heard from three or four Georgia fans after the game, Joe, and this isn't God's word, but, you know, Georgia fans, I mean, back-to-back national titles out here that you just played and you gave it your all. I know Georgia is probably not the same Georgia team we were used to seeing, but it's still the Georgia Bulldogs coached by Kirby Smart. So final thing I want to say, Joe, and I'll let you – I'll give the floor to you, is – we're going to find out about the DNA of this program in these last four games, right? I mean, we're going to get it, right? And you got two weeks here, if you're Clark Lee, to get these guys right mentally, get them right physically, and because you have another bye right before Tennessee as well. So, what, six weeks to, to close it out and close out year three strong? I think we'll, we'll say a lot. Now, maybe they finish the year four and eight. Maybe they finish the year five and seven. Maybe they find a way to get to a miraculous six wins. Um, whatever it is, you've got to find some positive momentum heading into year four. I, 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 you have to. So, And I, I think they can, Joe. We've talked about it. We, we think this team can do it. It's just a matter of strapping it up and doing it on the field. We just, I mean, Missouri, Kentucky, Florida, now Georgia, 0-4 in the SEC. You got Auburn. South Carolina, Ole Miss, and Tennessee, right? I mean, realistically, how many wins are in there? We don't know. Uh, my gut tells me two at the – I mean, I, no, I, I'm just like realistically like win, like a, a perceived win, like potential win. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not calling my shot legitimately here, but I, I do think that is possible. Um, and, what do you, and, and who knows, Joe, SEC's nuts this year. Right? I mean, it is nuts. Arkansas almost beat Alabama today. You, you really don't know. So, trying to give Vandy fans some faith. That's what we're here for. Um, but, yeah, Georgia beats Vanderbilt 37-20 to 20 today. Joey, I'll leave it with you with any final thoughts you've got. Thank you, Billy. Um, I think today leads me in a more positive direction than I was going, but doesn't completely change my outlook here. I think you really find out how bright the future of this program is in the last four games and the intensity they come out with early in those games, how the young players perform, and that's not the end-all be-all. I think there's a lot still to be improved, even if that is the case. But I think you learn a lot in these next four games. One game doesn't really alter my perspective on this team, even if they beat – well, I guess if they beat Georgia today, I, it would alter my perspective. But they still lost by 17. UAB put up 21 points against Georgia, so I'm not sold that this is the turning point for this program. But I certainly think it doesn't hurt. And I think this program has potential to be on a positive track. I think they have more depth. They have more speed. They have more kind of high-caliber talent than they have had in the past. That's not the end-all, be-all, though. As we know, we've known that for a whole year, essentially. Mm-hmm. Kind of just a more frustrating outcome in some ways today because you see the talent. You see it. Will Shepard went on one-on-one against one of the better corners in the nation. You see, I guess... Vanderbilt's receivers do a lot of good things today. It's second and third string corners did good things. Vanderbilt still lost, though, and this was one of its better performances of the year, and they lost by 17. So kind of just a frustrating in a way, but I think you leave here saying maybe Clark Lee's got something here. Maybe he still has a hold over this team a little bit, and it seems like he does. 
I think they still believe in what he's preaching. They still believe in his message. And I don't think that's something that we should take for granted at this point. We talked a lot about that last basketball season. Does Stack have the locker room? When Stack, we found out Stack did have the locker room, at least to an extent, towards the end of the year. They went on that run. The guys believed in each other, maybe even more so than believed in the coaching staff. They believed in each other. Yeah. And I think Vanderbilt might be in the same boat here. Billy, it'll be not as depressing of a four weeks as maybe we had thought originally after seeing today. Yeah. be really interesting to see. Uh, and if it is, basketball beat West Virginia in a secret scrimmage today. I don't, I don't know how – sources. I don't know how good West Virginia is going to be, but – I think that's a positive sign. You never know how these secret scrimmages go. Yeah. Um, but certainly not a bad thing to beat West Virginia in overtime. Game situations, Billy, even in the preseason, Vanderbilt wins when it's backs against the wall in overtime. Vanderbilt finds a way to win, and uh, it's helpful. Who knows? Yeah, so solid day for Vanderbilt football. Obviously not as good as it could have been, but yeah. you leave with some positives and you leave with some things that Vanderbilt can hang its hat on going into the bye. Maybe – this team gets rejuvenated a little bit. The body gets to Ricky Wright back. Maybe it gets Martel Height back and can kind of move forward and find a way with some of its healthy guys to go win some games in the second half. Um, Billy, it's a blessing for us to be here. I know we've really enjoyed the first half, even though they've lost, but uh, it's been a great partnership, and I uh, look forward to the next four games. It's been a blast, man. And, uh, Joey, before we end it, let's pull up those ad reads. We, our, our, our boss, he's not – I mean, he is our boss. But, uh, Chris, of course, more of a friend. Uh, you know, we got to get these ad reads out. Uh, and, and we are we are very proud of, of, of all the sponsors that have attached their name to VandySports.com. Uh, of course, Sutherland and Belk, the, the longest-running sponsor of, uh, of VandySports.com. And, and, you know, we're, we're hoping to build this, this platform, right? We're, we're not stopping here. Basketball season is going to be heating up here in, in under a month. Uh, baseball season, there's a fall ball scrimmage tomorrow. Um, so hop on board. I mean, you know, we, we, we want uh, Vanderbilt fans a, a part of this. Um, you know, we want sponsors a part of this. And uh, we want anybody that, that wants to a part of this. So uh, we got to get to these, uh, these ad reads. And we'll start with the Wash House. Uh, they are also our presenting sponsor for basketball season. Are you dreading laundry day? Is it stealing time to do the things that you truly enjoy? Let them take care of that for you. They've got two convenient locations in Nashville. Just drop off your dirty laundry, and our professional attendants can give you back the one thing you can never have enough of. Check them out, washhouseclean.com, or stop in today and get your time back. Murfreesboro Pure Moat Company. Joey, it's a little, I don't know about chilly, but the wind has really picked up. I mean, it's gotten around 20-mile-per-hour winds, I think, at least right now. So uh, I don't know about the ice cream today. But uh, the sun was out today. You probably might have enjoyed some ice cream earlier today. Uh, I think I did a couple of nights ago. And, and Chris Lee has uh, always has Murfreesboro Pure Milk uh, ice cream in his, uh, in his refrigerator. That partnership began over 50 years ago with Purity Dairy in Nashville, of course, uh, located in Murfreesboro. Uh, they're also located in northern Alabama and Chattanooga and North Georgia. So any Georgia fans that might have checked this out, they, you know, uh, g- give, uh, give them some support today. They supply grocery stores, convenience stores, and others with Purity products as well as Mayfield, Nestle, and haagen ice cream. So big up, go pick up your Mayfield, Nestle, or haagen ice cream today at your uh, nearest grocery store. You can visit their website at mpmci.com. Also, Sutherland and Belk, mentioned them at the top. There's not much else to be said about them. The longest-running sponsor, Joey, uh, best in the business, uh, family-owned injury law firm. If you or a loved one has been hurt or in an accident, give Taylor or Russell a call at 615-846-6200 to see what your rights are and if they can help. And then closing it out, 
John Leffen and the Maynard Nexon Government Contracts Group. Maynard Nexon advises a government uh, government contractors on all aspects of their businesses with a proud focus on matching legal solutions to business needs. Give them a call at 256-551-0171. And uh, I wanted to get to those at the beginning. I probably should have probably dis- probably should have dispersed those. That's on me. Uh, but uh, we got to them, Joey, and that's all that matters. And again, Vanderbilt suffered their sixth straight loss today to the Georgia Bulldogs uh, in a cloudy day. Uh, I think that we had the eclipse earlier today that we saw saw some pictures on Twitter of that. So ended up being a really nice day to watch some football. Um, I had I had to wear my pants and quarters up. Joey's in shorts and a t-shirt. Uh, struggling a little bit over there, but no, it, it was it, overall, uh, of course, disappointing with the, with the loss. Uh, but there are some some positives to take from this. So. Uh, we'll see you guys. We'll have content rolling on with, with fall ball uh, starting, basketball season. Of course, we'll have another podcast next week with basketball. Joey will be at SEC Media Days coming up October 18th and 19th. Uh, so with football on a bye week and, and not playing until two weeks, uh, we'll have a lot of other basketball and baseball content coming out. Uh, so looking forward to, to getting that out. But for Joey Dwyer, I'm Billy Derrick, and uh, thanks for listening to today's postgame show as Vanderbilt falls to Georgia 37-20. to